Welcome to the Life in the Driver's Seat podcast. I'm Jacqueline Emery, a life coach passionate about helping you go from surviving life to living your life on purpose. It's time to get out of the passenger seat and into the driver's seat of your life. Let's get started. Well, hello there, my friends. How are you? I hope you guys are doing well. I am doing well. I must say, I'm really enjoying all of this Michigan sunshine that we're getting. It's just great to see spring here, and it's been really beautiful around here. So today's episode is going to be a very special one. I'm going to share some things that are really personal in my life, and so I'm really honored to be able to just use this platform to share these experiences with all of you. So thanks for joining in today. And I really hope that this speaks to you wherever you are and in whatever you might be going through. So let's get started. So as you probably know, it's the 20th episode. So first, I want to just take a moment to celebrate that I remember just dreaming about having a podcast. It was just an idea, just a dream. And now here I am on episode 20. So I just want to recognize that and really appreciate it. Sometimes we suffer from what my coach calls the moving target syndrome, which is a whole other podcast topic. But that's where we don't take time to really recognize what we have done because we are moved on to the next thing we want to accomplish. So it's kind of, well, it's so important to celebrate all of the little things we do and all of our progress, no matter how small it is. So important. So I'm celebrating episode 20. And as you may also know, my intention is to talk about a book or maybe have a guest on or just do something a little different every 10th episode. So today I I want to talk about a book that has been one of, it's just a standout book. I love to read and there's some books that just really resonate with me and just really stand out to me. So this is one of them. It's been one of the most influential books in my life. And that book is called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. So now I'm going to spread this out actually to next week as well, because Byron Katie has a process called The Work that is absolutely life-changing, and I want to explain that process to you guys next week. And I know it will resonate with many of you the way that it has so deeply resonated with me. And you know, for some, it won't. There might be some resistance that comes up, just like some resistance may come up with today's message as well. So just try to keep an open heart and an open mind and take what you will from today's topic. So today we are going to talk about loving what is. So what does that mean? Like, What does it mean to love what is? It simply means that we can look at what is, all that has happened, all that is happening, and we can love it. Now, for so many of us, this is not at all what we choose to do. 
Okay, we look at that unfair thing that happened to us or the terrible things that we've gone through and the terrible things that have been done to us that we've experienced. And we think there is no way I am even forgiving or accepting that, let alone loving it. Okay, this is a big stretch. So what happens is many people stay stuck. They say they stay stuck in a place of frustration and bitterness and I'm going to say like victimhood, right? That they can't break out of and they can't move past. They can't move forward. So in the book, Loving What Is, the core of the message is really getting to a place where we can stop fighting with the past and the present and learn to really accept that that was what was supposed to happen. Okay, that was what was meant to happen. It was how it was always supposed to go down. Okay? So you might be listening to this and you might be thinking, but Jacqueline, you don't know what I went through. Right? This is different. And all I can say is if you want to feel better, you have to let go of that story. And again, there might be some resistance to what I'm going to say today, but my goal is always to make my clients and all of you feel better. And no good comes from believing that that thing shouldn't have happened, right? That that thing shouldn't have happened to us, that things shouldn't have happened to you. So I'm going to let you into a journey where this work was and is still very applicable and how I learned to use this work really to change my life and how I've evolved and grown through what I've gone through and through what I've learned. Okay, so so starting when I was about 28 years old is when this journey started. I, I went through something that would change me for the rest of my life, completely change my life in the way I see life and the lens I see it through. And I will do a podcast going deeper into, you know, my story and how I actually got into becoming a life coach. I've always wanted to be a counselor. That's always been what I've wanted to do since I was young. Um, but I, I will do a different podcast. I'm going deeper into the experiences and how I got where I am today and the work I do with my clients. But I really just want to tell you about this experience in more of a summed up way, as more of an example of what we are talking about today, just to let you know you're not alone, like I see you. So for those of you who know me personally, you will probably already know this, but there are listeners that don't know me, and they don't know me in that way. So like I said, when I was around 28, 29 is when this really all started. My brother, who was one of my closest friends in the world, was diagnosed with ALS. And I remember getting the phone call from him that that something was wrong. That's all he said is, can you meet me? And when I met him, he said something's wrong. And I remember actually taking him to the doctor appointment where we found out that unfortunately it was ALS and just the shock and the emotions that went along with that. And again, I'll do another podcast going deeper into into all of that and that experience. And today I'm going to 
kind of keep it short, again, just as an example for the topic. And I watched him, I, I watched my brother Tony battle ALS for eight years before passing away. And for those of you who aren't familiar with ALS, it is awful. It is a death sentence. There is no cure, uh, no treatments. So getting that diagnosis at the appointment I took him to and just the overwhelm and the shock and all of those emotions that came with it. It was just, uh, obviously, you can imagine just an awful time. So basically, ALS, it paralyzes you. It takes, you know, it makes it so that you cannot move. It takes away all of your muscle function and including your voice, it takes your voice. So you can't move, you can't talk or communicate, and yet your mind is completely aware. So you never lose that. Your mind is completely aware of what's happening. So my thoughts throughout this journey and watching my brother, who was, like I said, one of my best friends, like he was the person we would go to, uh, he would come to me, I would come to him. We were just that person that the other would go to for anything you know, advice and anything serious. Like he was that person for me and I was for him. So my thoughts throughout this journey, you know, were, you know, he's too young. He doesn't deserve this. He's a good person. We're a good family. We're being robbed of years of happiness. We're being robbed of a future together. And I would think of our future, like growing up together and having our families together. And on top of that, I was raised in a very Know, religious home. So I thought with that came you know other beliefs and thoughts that were challenged, right? God should be healing him. God isn't listening, right? God's punishing us. God's cruel. And I remember one day in particular, I remember my brother telling me that he was ready to die. And when I say telling me, he could just with his eyes, he could type on a computer Okay, because he couldn't move or speak, but he could use his eyes. The technology is amazing. He could use his eyes to type things out. And I remember, again, I remember this particular day that he told me, he said, I'm ready. I'm ready to die. And I just laid my head on his lap and I cried. And I told him, I, I wasn't ready. I said, but what if I'm not ready? And then he told me, you'll start to feel better six months after I'm gone. That's what he typed out to me. You're going to start feeling better six months after I'm gone. And then when that time did come, six months after he passed, I thought back to him saying that, that I would feel better. And you always hear people say, you know, that time heals all wounds. And I just thought, okay, why don't I feel any better? If if anything, honestly, I felt worse. And I remember actually saying that. I said, I thought I was supposed to feel better. I thought I'm supposed to feel better, you know, after this time, right? This time has gone on and I'm not feeling any better. If anything, I feel worse. And I just remember like this physical pain in my chest that would just not go away. And I felt confused and bitter and it was so unfair, right? And I was cheated out of years of happiness in this life and you know a future with my sibling and i just felt also like at any time right anything could happen like what was next what was coming next and the truth is i don't know that time does heal all wounds okay it can 
make them not as potent for sure. It can soften the edges. It can dull them and like I said, take the edge off. But I really think until we address our thoughts and our feelings, like our thoughts and our beliefs and our feelings and our story about the things that happen to us, we stay stuck. We will stay stuck. I mean, I see people, and you can probably think of people too, that they're still stuck after years and years and years. Like time isn't healing it, right? So this journey during it and and through it inspired me to really dig deep and learn what, you know, what everything that I could really about the mind and feelings and emotions and how we can feel better no matter what we go through. And I went on to get my certification as a health coach. I wanted to know all about, you know, the body, right? Like how do we get sick? How do we stay healthy, most importantly? And then I went on to get my certification as a life coach, which taught me all about the mind and our habits and just ways to improve our life. And they're also entwined, right? Like our health, people think it's physical and it's it's not physical. It, it's more, I would challenge even more in our mind and our feelings and our emotions, right? Our health is so affected by that. I would challenge even more than just physically. And this work really changed my life. And this is the work I'm able to now pass on to my clients and drawing from my own experiences as well. So as I said before, I love to read. And like I said earlier, one of the books that resonated with me so deeply was the book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And I'm going to share with you guys today some of my favorite quotes from the book. And just a forewarning, <laughs> I want to preface this before I get into this, um, that these are these are heavy and deep concepts, okay? And, and they can definitely bring up some resistance, and that's normal. So I want you to know that that's normal to feel resistance to the this these concepts, okay? But with practice and an open mind, they can really create peace if we let them. So I'm going to get into just some of my favorite concepts and quotes from Loving What Is. So the first one I want to talk to you guys about is this quote. And Byron Katie says, when you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. So I'm going to say that one more time. When you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. And I love this quote because it really just lays it out simply for us. It doesn't do us any good to argue with the things that have happened and the things that we've gone through. Like we can argue that what you know, what we're going through isn't right and what was done to us wasn't right. But when we argue with what is, with reality, we lose because it's it's done. We're only hurting ourselves. When we can learn to love what is and see that that was exactly the way it was supposed to happen, we can stop that internal argument. We can stop that argument right? It just, we can find peace. Which brings me to the next concept, the next quote. The next quote is, what happened was always supposed to happen. How do I know it was meant to happen this way? Because it did. 
How do I know it was meant to happen this way? Because it did. And really learning to embody this way of thinking will bring so much peace. Like we can resist this and fight this thought all we want. But do you want to feel better? Do you want to feel peace? Accepting that it was meant to happen that way. And how do you know? Because that's what happened. And the next quote I love is, everything happens for me, not to me. And many of you have probably heard that before. And this can sound, it can sound so cliche when we hear it. But actually adopting this way of thinking will change your life completely. If we can learn to see everything that happens as something that we can learn from and we can grow from, then we will see life in a completely different way. Everything you have gone and you will go through has the ability to make you better, to help you grow, to help you evolve if you let it. If you can learn a different way of thinking that that will ultimately bring you right, peace and progress. So I can, I can honestly say I wouldn't be where I am today or be the person I am today without going through the things that I've gone through, right? The pain that I've gone through. I have learned things that I would never have learned and grown in ways I would have never grown had I not walked this path, had I not walked this journey, Okay. And the next few quotes from the book aren't necessarily on topic with what we were talking about, but they are great quotes from Byron Katie and Loving What Is, the book. So the next quote is, would you rather be right or free? And so many times we want to, we want to be right so much, right? And this is definitely something that I struggle with, right? I'm Italian and I'm hot-headed and I'm always, 99% of the time, I'm always right. (laughs) Ask anyone that knows me. 99% of the time, I'm right. Uh, But it's funny. So I'm, believe me, I'm, I have to really consider this all the time and really keep this in the forefront of my mind as well. So would I rather be right or free? So, so many times we want to be right and we want to, you know, fight our side and things aren't fair to us. And why can't people see our side? But if our goal is to feel better and to feel good, and we can learn to let that go, freedom is on the other side. Freedom and peace is so much better than being right. Okay, so the next quote I want to share with you guys is, it's not your job to like me, it's mine. Okay, meaning, or what I'm taking from it, is she's saying, like, we live our lives caring so much what other people think of us. Like, we spend so much of our time and our emotions caring what other people think of us, or if they like us, right? And we're always trying to get people to make us feel loved. We want other people to make us feel loved and validated. Right? We're like employing people to make us feel good, love us, make us feel good. And right when they don't, it's like 
we think that makes us not feel good, right? We want everyone to like us because if they don't like us, it bothers us and it makes us not feel good. And you guys, it really doesn't matter what people think of you. That's what she's saying. It's not your job to like me. It's my job to like me because I'm the one who's responsible for my feelings, and right? Like I'm choosing the feeling. So there will, and I hate to break this to you guys, <laughs> there will always be people that don't like you no matter what you do. Like no matter what you do, there's always going to be, pe- be people that don't like you. Like I hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> and I love that saying. There's this saying, and I just used it with a client in our session yesterday evening, but it's so funny because she was talking about this, talking about you know, saying certain things to people and then worrying so much about like if that person was offended and if they like them. And she's like, I'm trying to help them and I'm worrying if they like me. And so I said this quote to her, but it's a great quote. It's, you could be the juiciest peach in the world and there will still be people that don't like peaches. Okay. Like you could be the juiciest peach in the world and there will still be people that don't like peaches. Okay. You're not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. But do you like you? Do you like who you are? Do I like myself? Like, that's my job. That's not anyone else's job to like me. That's my job. That's all that's in your control, right? We can't control other people. We can't control what they think about us. We can't control how they act, right? But we can control us. We can control ourselves being the best person that we can be and and loving ourselves. The next quote I want to share from the book is, no one can hurt me. That's my job. So good. We are the only ones capable of hurting ourselves, right? Like, no one can hurt me. That's my job, right? Like I'm responsible for that. We're the only ones capable of hurting ourselves because we're the only ones who choose our emotions, Like we think that people make us mad or people make us sad. But the truth is we choose to feel mad or sad based on the thoughts that we think. Okay, so you know that, right? Like our feelings come from our thoughts. So we when we think people are making us upset or people are making us sad and and think people are doing these things that make us feel a certain way, the truth is we choose to feel those things. We're in control of our emotions. We choose to feel mad or sad based on the thoughts that we think. No one has that power over you. And the last quote I want to leave you with is this. And this is so powerful. As long as you think that the cause of your problem is out there, as long as you think that anyone or anything is responsible for your suffering. The situation is hopeless. It means that you are forever in the role of victim and that you are suffering in paradise. And that's all I've got for you guys today. And I know that this was a lot of deep content and you might want to re-listen and you might want to get the book for yourself to really let some of these concepts sink in and digest them. Again, the book is called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Or maybe this brought up some resistance for you, and that's okay. That's okay too. But I hope this was helpful for 
some of you out there who may be going through or have gone through something difficult, if I can use what I've gone through to help anyone, then that's always the goal. And if you are listening and this work spoke to you and you want help practicing it and applying it to your own life and to your own situation to help you release things and find peace, you can book a call so we can discuss how I can help. You can book a free breakthrough call by visiting bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash J-E coaching consults. And I would love to connect with you. Okay, guys, I love you all and I will talk to you soon. Okay, bye. If you're ready to take this work deeper and start applying what you're learning, I'd like to invite you to join the Life in the Driver's Seat program, where you will get out of the passenger seat and into the driver's seat of your life using my signature method. To get a taste of what coaching can do for you and discuss how my program can help, you can book your free breakthrough call by visiting JacquelineEmery.com forward slash consult. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-Y-N-E-M-E-R-Y.com forward slash consult. I'm looking forward to connecting with you soon.